Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the TKW Podcast. I am Anthony Corbo, and joining me as he does pretty much every week, I've got my man Kyle Maggio. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. What's going on, everyone? Uh, well, Brian is busy fulfilling orders tonight, so uh, it's just you and me, buddy. You can uh, follow me at Corbo Anthony. You can follow the Knicks wall. Uh, at the next wall on Twitter at TKW podcast, subscribe to us on whatever platform of podcast you're listening to now. Uh, give us a rating, give us a five stars, give us a YouTube subscription. Uh, just, you know, we need, we need it all. We crave it. We live on it and we love you for it. Uh, head to the next I know everyone's favorite. Mike Cortez just put up a piece that's surprisingly not college or draft related. This one on the Knicks free agents and, uh, you know, who could potentially be coming back to the team for next year. So check that one out. Um, all right. So before we before we get into everything tonight, I want to uh, I want to fill everybody in on a little something that's going on. We have some really good friends of this podcast. They are called the Blue Shirts Breakaway. They have a podcast of their own. And uh, it it they they go on you know every week they do about an hour and they talk about the other team that's in MSG they talk about the New York Rangers, and you know every now and then we like to get together we like to compare what's going on between our two teams, and we decided to do this in person, uh, April thirteenth it's a Saturday in New York City the venue is the Gin Mill. We are doing a little uh, Q&A with them. We're going to address the state of Madison Square Garden at the moment. Uh, you know, we're, both our seasons are going to be over for both of our teams. It's a good time to take a step back and evaluate where things are. Uh, also joining us there is going to be Bailey Carlin and Matt Spendley, former TKW podcast host, both former TKW alum. We love them both dearly. Uh, I'll be there. Kyle will be there. So... Come on out. I think it's going to be a blast. And then it's at 3 p.m. Uh, you can get tickets. Uh, we've been retweeting it a whole bunch. Uh, see it at the Knicks Wall account. See it on both of our personal accounts. Go to Blue Shirts Breakaways account at Blue Shirts Break. Uh, it's 10 bucks. It's at 3 p.m. And it's going to be a lot of day drinking. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So come on down. I think it's going to be a blast. Yeah, uh, I don't know shit about the Rangers, but I'm trying, so... You'll make it through. I mean, you know what? It seems like the Knicks panel we'll is starting to overwhelm the Rangers panel on this thing. So I don't know. We, we might be uh, we might be uh, full on mutiny at this point. Well, we came hot and heavy, so. Yes, we did. All right. Well, let's. Uh, did you? Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say, speaking of mutiny, uh, we have a potential. Uh, a potential overthrow to talk about here, a potential sale of the New York Knicks or a rumor of a sale of the New York Knicks perpetrated by one uh, Charles Oakley, who uh, appearing on some Ringer video show where he was grilling uh, salmon. He told both Bill Simmons and Jason Concepcion that 
he uh, he he believes he has heard that Jeff Bezos has interest in uh, in purchasing the Knicks. And he says Jeff Bezos wants to buy the Knicks. He was going to try to do Amazon Long Island, and he went to Virginia. So he still wants to do some real estate in New York. Why not buy the garden? And he goes on to say, it's something you can't question. It's not like he needs to get three or four other investors. He's the investor himself. He's absolutely right. I mean, if there's one person who is completely capable of usurping this team from James Dolan's sweaty palms, it's going to be Jeff Bezos. I, I would welcome our Amazon overlord to come and just buy the team. I saw a video today. If he wants to do that, by all means. I saw a video today. I think it was like a rendering of some sort. I don't know if it, if it was just you know someone making a meme, essentially, or if it was actual renderings from Amazon. But there is like a, a drone mothership in this incredibly wild uh, rendering. I that saw is, this. Uh, apparently contains packages and is sending out other drones. Uh, small drones to people's houses to deliver said packages, and that that shit is scary. But Jason Concepcion went out to say in the video that you know essentially every time he buys toilet paper he'd be supporting the Knicks. So you know I think we have a little whole you know little give and take, little little potato potato kind of situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I I, I I don't know. I love it. I love it. I, I'd obviously love any change in ownership, but um, Bezos would. It, it is what it is. He's it's just the direction. And he is a space company, doesn't he? I mean, he's he's just kind of. I mean, does he's he? Upper, he's upper. He's upper echelon rich. You know, I think he does. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think he does. Are you thinking of Elon I think Musk? There's something about, no, I know. I know Musk has one, but I think I'm more than positive he has one too. But um. Yeah, no, he—he's just mega. He, Amazon's gonna own everything at some point, and that I did see that rendering, and that was terrifying because that's exactly what it's gonna look like. So, <laughs> you know, it, it is. It just is. No, I'm, 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 I'm laughing at Jeff Bezos's net worth, and I don't know uh, if this is uh, this is pre his divorce. He's not divorced yet. So, give any have? Are you looking it up? Can you take a guess before you see it? Um, it's gonna be something stupid in the billions. It's good. Oh yeah, it's in the billions. I'll give you this: uh, the uh, the orange champion it's office. It's like fifty, sixty. The orange champion office has a three point one billion net worth. Uh, Jeff Bezos has a one hundred and forty nine point two billion net worth. So he could buy the next. Just several times over. Several I mean, times. He could, buy, he could buy every team in the league if he wanted to. See? He could own the entire yeah. NBA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that. hey, man, I, I hope some of these – we've had too many good rumors, man. This has been a sensational Knicks rumor season. Every single one any of us have heard, even the ones that are shitty, like the one we're about to get into, you know, with what else Oakley said. But, like, even that one is, like – if that's the worst case scenario, it's like, well, we we have and could do worse, you know. So, a lot, you... of, a lot of juicy, really good good rumors. It's just let's let's hope they come true. Can I give you a hot take? What? Feel a lot safer with James Dolan James Dolan around rather than Jeff Bezos. I I. What the fuck are you talking about? Dolan, how much money does Dolan have? He's got like what two billion? 
something like that. I guess he, I guess he'd be worth with the guard and everything. He's worth, you know, maybe, maybe 10 billion total, uh, at, at most like that. I've seen as much damage as James Dolan can do with his money to this team. I've seen it over and over again. I don't know. Jeff Bezos, the way that he could radically alter this franchise. I mean, he could just literally through the TV screen, just, just end up brainwashing us all. Like I like I'm brainwashed, scared of Jeff of Jeff Bezos. I'm not Jim Jim Dolan is too dumb to try to brainwash me. You know, that's kind of where I stand with this. So, I think if it just nets us a good basketball team, then I'm okay with the repercussions. Then you're good with being uh, brainwashed. Yeah, listen, man, I, we're we're coming up on thirty now. We're a few years from thirty. Uh, I have still not seen notable Knicks success in my lifetime, you know, especially time when I was a kid, I don't really count it. That's just when I was learning to become a fan. It's like now uh, I've been, you know, we're tried and true. It's, it, it's time. It's a, enough is enough. So I, uh, I just want to watch good basketball, man. Yeah, no, I feel you. I, I don't. I don't know how much Jeff Bezos can contribute to that. I believe Stu Gott said the other day that Jeff Bezos was a circus performer. So yeah, he knows a little bit about the entertainment industry at least. My source is Stu Gott's on that one. Hmm. Um, Did Dennis, you see him host PT? Uh, was it PTA? No, Around the Horn. Around the Horn, yeah. No, he, was, I, he didn't host it. He was on Around the Horn the other day. Yeah, I, I, Fool's Day. I missed. Yeah, I, I missed his uh, segment, but I heard uh, I heard the uh, leper the Lebertard episode with him on it earlier that day. He, he's just a piece of work. Yeah, he is. Um. So Dennis Smith Jr. still out. Uh, when did he retweak that injury? Like two games ago. Yeah, it's the second game now he's missed. Yeah, yeah. So he uh. No real progress on him. Kadeem Allen didn't play tonight. Um, nope. Concussion. Manuel Moutier instead got 40 minutes. Um, so it's just a miserable end to the season. Yeah, man. yeah. It's not It's not great. I mean, no Neil Aquina, no Trier, no, uh, no Dennis Smith Jr. It's just... I'm obviously bummed about all those guys, but like at least I thought we were getting Dennis back, and then we you just talked about it last week, you know, at, at least Dennis and Mitch makes it well worth it. You know, they're exciting player, uh, exciting players, talented players, and then you know we're we're back to well, you know, hopefully Mitch does a zillion things tonight. You know, it's it's I enjoy watching them, and it's it Knox has been playing better now too, but you know, you just you want. You want better basketball. It's just, it's it's tough to sit through all these games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not, so Knox definitely has been, has been playing a lot better tonight. Let's, uh, well, before we get into that, uh, just we do have to announce the news that Billy Garrett signed with the team. I believe he signed with the, for the rest of the season, right? It wasn't just like a 10 day. I think he, I think he just got like a pro rate rest and, of the well, season deal. It's, it, the, the official release said it was a 10-day, but the, okay. the 10 days, essentially, yeah, it's I, a rest-of-season deal by technicality. Okay, I didn't know if there was, like, 12 days in there, I don't know, but, yeah. Uh, so, he'll be sticking around a little bit. 
Chicago guy. Went to DePaul. I'm rooting for him. Um, yeah, he looked okay tonight, too. I mean, he scored, like, four points. He had an assist. He, he, had, he actually looked like he threw a couple of nice passes. He had, like, a nice around-the-back one to Cornette, who was open for a three that he just missed that I liked. Um, all right, let's talk about the game a little bit. We have... Uh, we had the Mario Hazonia revenge game tonight. The attempt to revenge game, game it was 114 to 100. Uh, the Magic took away the win. Um, weird game. Definitely a, a weird, weird game that, you know, was tied up after one quarter. Uh, you know, New York got a little bit slow to start the second, and then, you know, all of a sudden came back around. And there was, you know, they had, they had the lead at one point, then they were down by double digits, and it was just all over the place. And then they came within two, and then it just all got blown to shit. Terrace Ross just, you know, nine straight points, blew the doors open at the end of the third. Fourth quarter comes around, they have nothing to do, they can't recover. It was just Terrence Ross and Nikola Vucevic just tearing this team up. Crazy. Yeah, so Terrence Ross, they just gave him all the space in the world to shoot down the stretch. Uh, the, the, sw the switches were slow. The rotations were slow. Um, they just lost him blatantly once in the, in the corner. It, it just, it, 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 that's what you get when, you know, the people leading the charge are also the people that are supposed to be guarding, you know, that guy. You know, Hezonia and Knox are supposed to match up with them on the wing and I think dots it a little bit, but you know, those guys are also, they were the, uh, the offensive catalyst tonight and they just, we need better wing defense. You know, Dotson can only do so much. He, he can't cover all the holes. I thought so, Dotson was bad. Uh, that's so. not, yeah. That's not a rough night, but yeah, I, I mean, I, the last I, couple I, of games, honestly, like his shot hasn't been there. I just haven't noticed him. Like, you know, nobody played defense well on this team, except for, for Mitch tonight. Like guys that, I mean, Aaron Gordon was just bullying. Aaron Gordon and, and Vucevic were just bullying around Knox and Lance Thomas and Luke Cornett down there. Luke, okay, can we talk about Luke Cornett for one second? I'm glad that he has really come around on offense. That man cannot play defense for his life. He cannot play defense underneath the rim for anything. Like, he is a perimeter defender, if anything, at this point. Yeah, uh, the, the idea of Luke Cornett is better than what we get as a defender. Um, I think he does a nice job closing out in the corners to shooters, but cause he's, he's quick. He's got decent footwork, but he's just not. I mean, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. Uh, with I'm him not going to say he saw anything, but he does kind of just get tossed around. I think, I, I think that there is something to see in his offensive game. I like, I definitely think that he has, you know, he's worthy of a, of a contract next year up to a certain amount. Like I would love, I would love to see him back on the team next year. But he just has to figure out what the fuck he's doing underneath the rim. God, like these dudes are just—they're just like blowing right past him. Like all—they're just like basically forcing him to keep backpedaling until he's right underneath the basket, and they just float it right above his head. Like he doesn't have the reach of Mitchell Robinson. He can't do the exact same things there, and yet he seems to be trying to get himself into the same positions. He doesn't roam quite like Mitch does, but like he is just—I don't know. Maybe I'm just overreacting tonight, but he looked terrible on defense today. I. I I think if you put him on a good team, that you could almost just use him as a spot up shooter. That's 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 what his best. Role. Most of what he does is, you know, and he would just be a big, big spot up shooter, and that's fine to you know space the floor out, especially if next year you hope to have a little bit more talent, uh, talent like it's been rumored all this time. 
But um, I, I think that's fine. But, you know, with this team, he's asked to do a little bit more because they're so terrible. So that's why he's mixing it up in the paint often. You know, I, I think if you just put a better uh, team out there with actual NBA players, uh, he give them a nice little reduced role to come in, hit, you know, two or three threes a game off the bench. And I think that has some value. I think that's fine. Don't don't overextend. Okay, we went to Luke Cornette way too quickly. We never even touched on it on uh, Mario Hazonia here. This was Hazonia's night. Like this is the, the the night he was living for the whole season. Apparently, like it came out that Fisdale promised him to start tonight. And like, good God! I mean, God, I'm I'm really, really, really upset that he didn't get the thirty tonight. But he goes off for twenty nine points. He has nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, four turnovers, and then fouls out after playing thirty four minutes. And he was not happy about it. He had a word with the refs afterwards and everything. And uh, yeah, he fouled off on, on a, an offensive call. He pushed off when he was trying to step back and. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was his night, and you could tell how badly he wanted it. Like it was, you know, obviously playing his old team, all that stuff, and just they were not giving it to him. Couldn't get the thirty. I don't know. Doesn't nah, uh, doesn't doesn't fit, feel right in my book. I was I was joking on Twitter. I was like, he he had a very LeBron stat line tonight. You know, he it, a little bit of everything. You know, especially I think he had five. And uh, just it, it seemed like a very well-rounded LeBron game if you were to look at the box score. And I thought that was funny, so I joked, you know, like that's he did steal all his powers, you know, with that block because he did he looked good tonight. He was just getting to the rim, you know. He wasn't settling a lot. He was in the paint often, uh, and if, if he wasn't finishing, he was just dumping it off to Mitch. He had a couple of really really nice like little pocket passes to Mitch. He was also uh, kind of taking a lot of long twos that were going in for a while. Oh, oh yeah, he, he he definitely shot a little bit too much. I think he had 22 shots on the night, and it it wasn't the worst thing because he shot 50% from the field. But you know, it, you don't want Mario Zoni taking 22 well, shots. One twenty five from three. Yeah, he at least got to the line a few times too, and with the assist, I'll take it. But um, that that's kind of what everybody saw, like hoped to see in Zoni. Like you knew he could pass, you knew he could shoot a little bit, you knew he can get to the rim, um, you know, you knew he could do a lot of everything, but the the talent to do it, and he's not so well rounded enough to pull it off all the time. And all season he seemed kind of like clunky and just ill timed on a lot of what he does, but tonight he's actually in rhythm. You know, it didn't seem like he was overthinking anything. So that's, I think, what everybody ever would have hoped to have seen in Hizonia. And he is a talented player. He just isn't consistent enough for God knows what reason. But it was nice to see him at least kind of get that off his chest against his old team in Orlando, too. So I he I have never seen him look quite as mad as he looked at after fouling out in this game. Like, just sheer disappointment and, and just rage, but... Refs were. Fun. I never, ever, ever, ever complain about the refs on this podcast. It's been years. I don't think I've really ever gone after a ref. My, Kevin Knox got mauled in the first half. That was a bad one. Also, but he, he reacted very poorly after that. Positively, but he got mauled. He got smacked in the arms twice and in the head. 
mauled. And it just gave me shades. And again, we joked about it on Twitter. Just gave me shades of like when Carmelo used to just get absolutely oh, yeah, 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 totally. just clubbed, just clubbed, and his his headband would move. And and of course he got fouled. Everyone knew it. The the evidence was clear. His headband moved. Oh yeah, I mean that was the whole point for the headband. After a while, it was yeah. just a proof. And it was always on like those second effort, the, you know, whatever. But my point was, it just gave me shades of Melo just getting bombarded. And then see you the know, difference. Like Melo's strong enough this. to finish there, and like he, well, like Melo wasn't even looking for the foul after a while. He was just like, "This is just how I have to get my points." That, that's what I mean. Is and Knox is heading towards the future of playing the stretch four. That's what he did a ton this year, which is good. That's very good. That's what he should be doing. But he, to your point, you know, can he take those hits like Melo could? It's like not yet, not yet. You know, he's got a ways to go. But um, hopefully he bulks up and, and gets used to it because if he, I, it, it's not like it's a, a consistent thing. I'm not going to be weird about it. Like he needs to get used to that happening to him frequently. But um, yeah, uh, it. I was just, again, just, I, I never complain about the refs. I just can't believe they missed that. Knox did play pretty well tonight too. I, I liked a lot what I saw from him. Went seven for 13, three of five from three, which is really, really nice to see. Uh, you know, got four shots from the line, like actually looked competent and, and, you know, drawing some contact into the line, which is the one thing I've been really, really begging for from him. Uh, the playing question that we're talking about here, though, it's just like or he got mauled. He got he went to the ground. I understand him not being back to the guard three point line on the next shot. Uh, Terrence Ross is spotting up there. Knox gave the ref a little, you know, what the fuck hand up. And, you know, whatever, got up, started running back. And by the time he got back to the, the three-point line to cover Ross, uh, his shot was always going through. That wasn't what I had an issue with. What I had an issue with was the very next thing he did was he took a, uh, like, contested by two different players three-pointer from, like, three, three feet behind the line and just completely bricked it in retaliation. Like, he's got to be more careful with that. That was really the only thing I noticed from him tonight that I didn't like, though. Gen see, drawing contact, you know, I'd like to see him look for the rebound a little bit more, whatever. But overall, I thought he had a good score. He gave, thought he had a nice game. I, I, I liked what I saw from Knox tonight. Yeah, my, my biggest knock on him is still the same thing that I gave, you know, Mitchell Robinson shit for. Uh, just need you guys to rebound a little bit more. If you're going to, you know, he's a, you know, Knox is skinny, but he's a big four. You know, just going by his height, he's about 6'10 or so. And I know what he's listed as, but, you know, he remember that picture with Michael Porter Jr. who was yeah. uh, listed a couple inches taller and Knox was the taller one in the picture. So, I, I mean, he, he's tall is my point, much tall, you know, very tall. And uh, you got to get in there. You got to get in there. Use your length. You got to find a way to get those rebounds. You've seen him do it. You know, just go up there. He goes way up on the backboard to get it when he's really engaged. And he's always got to be that way. But uh, some fun numbers about the good things he's been doing. Oh, these so the stats were awesome. Yeah. So the and we we know the season numbers, and I, I've we've kind of slammed him for a couple months here because, you know, he's supposed to be an offensive player. He, he's shooting like shit, but now he's putting together a really significant stretch, and it, I mean it's double-digit games where he's been playing better on that end too. Now, uh, the defense is what it is. He's a rookie. That's always going. to Distinct for rookies, but he's especially bad. Um, but the good is now the offense is coming along like we hope when we see it in the flashes. So 15.3 points per his uh, over the last 11 games. Uh, he's shooting 44% from the field over that stretch. 
which is a huge improvement for where he was at because it was abysmal. Um, and then his three-point percentage is at 43%. This is in about 32 minutes per game. Right, and we so, talked about this a little on the last pod, too, and Brian was quick to point out, like, that must mean his two-point percentage is, is pretty low right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's true, And uh, but, like, the biggest issue I feel like, and we talked about this last time, too, the biggest issue I feel like with Knox with getting that two-point percentage higher is getting more contact at the rim instead of throwing up floaters or, you know, like, you know, just just awful layups that aren't going to go anywhere. Like the more contact he's able to draw there, and the more like he goes to the line instead of just missing shots, like that field goal percentage is going to improve a lot. And I think now that his three point shooting is really coming around, he could actually start building some really nice tools into his repertoire instead of just worrying about being able to stay on the court. Yeah, I mean, one thing I liked tonight was he he normally settles for the floater pretty quickly and. That's fine. He's actually really good with it, and he's very comfortable with it, obviously. But he wasn't necessarily settling with that tonight. There was a few times when he got to the rim, and uh, I think it went up and under twice, and, and they were really nice, pretty layups. And, um, you know, he, he got to the, the free throw line a few times, too. I mean, he was he was aggressive trying to actually get to the rim versus just close enough to it. So those little things help obviously when you're struggling from the field just to get to the free throw line and get a couple of free points like that. And um, obviously efficiency is the name of the game now. And if he's going to be a top offensive option, he's going to need that. So just keep trying to finish at the rim and keep trying to draw those fouls. And I think that those are just two of the biggest things and he'll figure out how to go left eventually, but just keep trying right now. Could we talk about Moutier for a second? This this was the the most this is the the biggest epitome of a Moutier game I think I've ever seen. Where you've got he threw like a couple of outlet passes that looked great. He had ten assists tonight, beautiful. He also threw some of the most egregious turnovers I think I've ever seen in my life. Like just literally there was like literally one play he did the same thing the one thing that really really pisses me off about him is when he drives under the basket and then stops and then like hunches over and clutches while guys go and double team him right underneath the basket so he just lobs a pass up to the top of the key which gets intercepted by two defenders before it can get to anyone who's at the top there then you know goes goes in for points like it's just but then he also throws these like beautiful half court outlets. And it's just, I, he just, he has ability. Like he has talent. He, he has the ability and talent to pass and everything like that. I just feel like he's surprised every time he goes onto the court. Like he just doesn't see defenders coming like this. And he just doesn't know how to get out of these situations. Like he's been in the league since 2015. I was just still making mistakes like this. That's it's something that he struggled with in Denver and it's something that he struggled with here too. And um, I thought the same, honestly, I thought his shot wasn't there tonight at all, but at least the passing I thought was like that Miami game the other night, he was whipping it around. He, I think he got to six or seven assists in the first half. It felt like, so um, he was doing a really good job moving the ball at least. And then the second half, he was just kind of chucking again and um, just kind of aimlessly whipping the ball around. And that's why it's maddening because, you know, on one hand, you could see when he improved, you know, on a couple of things and when he was actually playing consistently well, you know, in December. But 
then he it's it's just maddening to see it like one half to another or one game to another and he's just not a, a good enough player to keep it consistent i guess but um he really just fell off in the second half again today just that's when it really fell apart it's okay if your shot isn't there sometimes but just you can't get that slappy with the ball either so that was really unfortunate but that's what it is they're so short on guard it's 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 really unbelievable when we we thought there was going to be too many options I, shot three for 13 tonight yeah, i, I get that bad. they're short on guard i get that they're short on guards i get that you can't really play john jenkins or billy garrett more than you know i mean jenkins even got 17 minutes tonight you can't play billy garrett more than like you know 20 minutes too. these are you know geely call-ups reasonably so like they're not going to know what to do at this level that against you know a playoff caliber team that's fighting for a spot uh, so at a certain point, you kind of got to play Moody a 40 minutes and, and Damian Dotson 36, but it's just, Lord, does that hurt? And it, it's, it's, God, it was just, it was just weird rotations, ugly lineups, and not a very fun basketball game to watch towards the end. I mean, they did kind of try to, they did almost come back. The third quarter towards the end there was actually kind of exciting. Uh, and then just Terrence Ross took all the wind out of her sails and it was just done. It was just done. It was good to see, uh, you know, Garrett get in and get his first NBA points. But um, I don't know, whole hell else, I guess. I wish Dennis was back. I hope he's back soon. But I just feel like they're going to shut him down now. Yeah. Same thing with Frank. I feel like it's the same shit with Frank. Like, now there's only about a week left. You know, what's what's yeah. the point? Well, Frank's officially out for the season, I think they announced. Like, he's done. Uh, right. Trier, I think, is, is going to be done, too. I don't see him coming back. Like we're literally we're really going to be just watching a team. I have a, I think that DeAndre Jordan is very quietly shut down for the season too. Um, yeah, when when they initially made that report that he was going to be coming out for, uh, you know, he was going to be coming off the bench for Mitch. I didn't know that meant he just was not going to be playing at all. But uh, I mean, whatever. It's it's ultimately unimportant. It it is what it is, and uh, yeah, uh, that's it. That's it. That's it from this game. What do we have coming up from here? Friday, the Knicks play against the Rockets. Um, oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, four games left, people. Just four games left. So we're going to play against the Rockets. We're going to get slaughtered. We're going to get absolutely massacred because the Rockets want to try to get the two seed. Um, it's, I mean, yeah, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be real ugly. No one's going to play. We're going to see another 40 minutes of Moutier. He's going to get the ball just reaped from his hands by a combination of James Harden and, uh, and Chris Paul. Uh, the only thing that we'll probably get to see is we, I, I'd imagine we'll probably get at least a Mitchell Robinson blocking James Harden three-pointer. Um, that'll be cool. That'll be the highlight. That'll be it. Uh, Knicks play the Wizards on Sunday, um, which, yeah, I guess. All right, great. We'll get to see Bradley Beal. You know, probably for the last time we'll see him as a wizard. Uh, Knicks... I hope they trade for that motherfucker. I'm sorry. Oh, I, hope... I... I I hope they do it. I hope they trade for him. I want. I want it. I think he would be a great Nick. I just want him anywhere other than the Wizards. Um, Tuesday the ninth, Knicks Bulls. Thinking about going to that game. Seeing tickets for like eighteen. I told you I see tickets for like eighteen bucks the other day. Still thinking about good, buying them. I might as well. That's a good deal. Yeah, you know the price over here, so yeah, 
Uh, and then closing it out, Knicks Pistons uh, at home at the Garden. And that is the forecast, people. And that's it. And then the only other thing that you have to look forward to after that is uh, on Saturday, April 13th, at the Gin Mill at 3 p.m. in Manhattan with Blue Shirts Breakaway, with the Knicks Wall, the TKW Podcast Boys to be specific, mine is Brian, uh, with Bailey Carlin, with Matt Spendley. It's going to be a good time. Head to our, uh, our timelines. Head to Eventbrite. Just type in Blue Shirts Breakaway, or maybe the next wall might come up for that. Uh, 10 bucks, come drink some gin. It's going to be a blast. Hoorah. Um, also, while I have you, you know what I'm about to say. Head to the nextwall.com. We got a ton of content to get you through the last little rush of this season here. Uh, we just got the recap from the Magic game up tonight. Uh, about to go up there. We got some news about Billy Garrett on the site now. We got David Fisdale and like just kind of where he is as a coach right now. I mean, it's something that we're all talking about right now, but is is what kind of coach is he? Is he living up to this defensive potential that he's talking about here? Is he the you know, is he just the the hype man coach that he's kind of you know, some people think he is, or does he have an actual scheme at this point? I don't know what's going on there, but you can go read about it. Tyler Marco put out a piece from it uh just the other day. Uh, tons of other good stuff to check out there. Follow us on Twitter. You know all the feeds by now. Before we get out of here tonight, Kyle, I wanted to just kind of uh, pose the question that was kind of uh, brought up by, again, Charles Oakley, going back to the top of the show now. Uh, he doesn't, he thinks that with all the things going on around MSG, and we know that he's not exactly unbiased here, uh, rightfully so, but he thinks that the Knicks are more likely to end up with uh, Jimmy Butler and Kemba Walker rather than uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, so in, in, in honor of that, I was thinking, I don't know. What, what if he's right? You think he might be right? I'm going to get yelled at no matter which way I answer this question, but I, I don't think he's right, but also who the hell knows anything at this point? Well, that's um, exactly it. And that means I, I just, any, any of this could be, you know, realistic. We've seen, Teams get used as like a smokescreen team in rumors before, uh, some more than others. This seems to be pretty extreme, though. Um, you know, it, it's possible it's just the worst kept secret, but it's just there, there's endless rumors. Uh, this is now another one. Would I be surprised if the Knicks finish with Kemba and Jimmy Butler at the end of the season, uh, summer? I would not. That's a very Knicks outcome for what we just had to go through this season and what we were hoping to expect. So I, I would not be surprised. Um, I will say, I think as fans, we get over it pretty quickly because those guys will at least win you a bunch of games in the East. And uh, especially if you have Mitch, uh, I, that's still a pretty good team. Uh, obviously, that's not better than the Durant-Kyrie pairing or the Durant-anything pairing or well, even I the Kyrie 
be anything pairing. Right. But... Well, let's go into it a little bit. Let's go into it a little bit because we have a we have a slew of cap space. The Knicks have have just a ton of room available this summer. They have two max free agent spots, which have often been described as Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, if one of those two don't let let's take it, let's play out a couple of different scenarios here. Let's say Kevin Durant decides, yes, I'm going to sign with the Knicks, but Kyrie Irving doesn't. Uh, so you're looking at about 38 million that you're adding onto there. Knicks have 72 in cap space available this summer, I believe. Uh, you know, after you know denouncing all free agent holds, and that includes like Moody, uh, not Moody, Trier's uh, team option for next year and everything. Um, but let's say that Durant comes and Kyrie doesn't want to. Do you have a a second option that you would write that you would prefer to have in there? A realistic secondary. So every time I have these conversations, the the if in a perfect world, like I would say something like, "Oh, Clay," or "Oh, Kawhi," but to me, that's not realistic. I can't. If those guys leave, uh, if if Clay leaves, period, I would be absolutely floored. Just just lost for words. Um, and I just don't think Kawhi would come here. He was, he was rumored once when he was trying to get traded and people have run with it, that he's been enamored with the Knicks. I don't know. I don't think that that's true. Um, again, would love to be wrong. I wouldn't, I would love to look like an idiot with Kawhi Leonard signed with the Knicks, but, um, I don't see that happening. So realistic to me is like, well, if it's not Kyrie, then it's, I'd be really good with Kemba. Kemba and Durant would be a, a really good one too. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I said this in our Slack chat, but I, I feel like if we got Durant, it's going to be really, really difficult to make me unhappy with who the second signing would be. I, I feel like I could really just, obviously there are better ones and we could rank them, but I, I just think I, any, any other like actual legitimate star would be just a godsend. You know, if you can get him with Durant, I, it would be really hard to disappoint me. I get what you're saying about, you know, having a, a second, like a secondary star, no matter what with Durant is probably going to be a, like a pretty good idea. Like you're not really going to go wrong there. And I agree with you. It, like, is there maybe, I guess you have to kind of look at the way that things like, Let's stay realistic with who's going to be leaving the team. Like you said, I, I don't see Clay leaving the Warriors either. That might be the surprise move of the summer that catches everybody off guard or something. But, you know, KD does show up. Do you have, like, an ideal running mate who's not Kyrie Irving to go? Is Kyrie even the ideal running mate for KD? Well, I think so. I think you want to kind of keep that dynamic he had in Golden State. Like, that's always a good dynamic. You need an elite score on the wing, and you need an elite, you know, hopefully point guard. But if you have two elite guys on the on the perimeter, that that's really what you're going for. And you know, Kyrie being able to knock down threes at a pretty high clip, and it, I think that's what you really need is an aggressively scoring guard. Uh, Curry does it. Curry does it a different way, but like it's the same dynamic. You just need to have somebody who can take the load off you there. So that's why I'm saying like Kemba. I'd be People kind of don't realize how good Kemba is because he's just like one like notch below, but he's a really really damn good player. I'd be very too. happy with Kemba. So I, I think but, he does but, leave the the Hornets now too. I think he's gone. 
I'm I'm not so sure he leaves, but I'd like if we got Durant, I'd be perfectly content with getting uh, Kemba instead of Kyrie. Perfect, perfectly content. He's and please just go go look at his numbers and even the def- I hate the defensive stats, but go look. He he rates pretty well in comparison to the other guards there. Um, he's just a really kind of undervalued player because of you know Charlotte being a perpetual like stuck in ninth seed. So yeah, I, I'd be perfectly fine with Kemba. Okay. It's like so, it would get weird if it's like Jimmy. Then I'd be like, I guess like yeah, I'll take it. But let me go down. Weird. I'm, I'm going down. I have I have hoop type open in front of me right now, and I'm going down their list of the top players in, in NBA free agency for 2019. I want to go through some of the names. Let's just assume here that every player is going to get a max contract on this list. Like whatever their max is, basically, whether it is the, you know, like the the full 10 year veteran max or if it's below that or if it, you know, whatever it may be in in regards to their contract. I'm assuming it's going to be between the 30 and 38 million range is where we'll probably cap it at. So you get Kevin Durant. Kawhi Leonard, you're not going to want to pair with him. That just doesn't make sense. That's too much congestion. Kyrie Irving is the one that we hear about all the time, so we can move past him. Kemba Walker, we just talked about. Clay Thompson, we talked about as being pretty uh, unrealistic for leaving Golden State. But then you have his teammate, DeMarcus Cousins. I don't think DeMarcus gets quite that max contract, but what do you think of he and uh, Kevin Durant shipping to New York together? I'm going to get fucking blasted, but um, I, again, I, I think that that would be like, I, and I, I love Boogie. You guys know, I, I, I would be excited that he's here as the player that I would hope he is if a hundred percent fully healthy, but that would feel like a very Amari-ish of a signing at the same time where it's like, I agree yeah, with you. where I'm like, yeah, I'm excited because we need more stars and, and whatever. And Durant's here. So it's cool. But I would then be worried, like, all right, but he's here's another big man around the same age when Amari got here, you know, coming off a career-altering injury, and I think Boogie doesn't really play like a high-flying game. I'm not—he's not really grounded, but he's he's sort of in the middle, whereas Amari was really dependent on his like freakish athleticism, even defensively. So I think it's a little bit different, but even still, like that's just not really what you want. So I think that's like where I, I'd start to lose the excitement and be like, oh, all right. You know, yeah, Durant, but uh, all right. Like, that's that's kind of risky, guys. We're not really, uh, you know, we've been through a lot the last 15, 20 years. Uh, we're not really, you know, in the mood to, to do the risky thing again with the max contract after finally getting it settled. You know, that's the same thing that happened in 2010. We finally got the book settled, gambled on Amari, and then, you know, the rest is history, so... So I just want to talk about the stars tonight again. Like, like the, you know, I want to, again, we'll probably do a pod a little bit later on once the game's end where we'll get a little bit deeper into the, the deep free agency pool of this summer. And we'll talk about maybe some role players who will be joining the team too. But I, I, I strictly want to talk about running mates with Kevin Durant. Let's say we get him. So we also kind of touched on Jimmy Butler and that I feels very non-ideal and also feels like it might kind of clog things up a little bit. Um, uh, we could touch on Vucevic, but I kind of think the same thing as, as you think, where I think we kind of can agree that might be an Amare situation too, where may, maybe not as injury influence, but 
Uh, he's just never going to live up to whatever contract he gets. Um, the two that I kind of want to talk about here, there's two pairings to talk about here. We have two wings we can talk about, and then we have two uh, point guards. So it's Tobias Harris and Chris Middleton, and then D'Angelo Russell and Eric Bledsoe I'm going to put at the end here. Uh, we obviously have a pretty big drop in talent level from the very top of this list we started here to where we are now with Eric Bledsoe. But, you know, of these names here, of Eric Bledsoe, D'Angelo Russell, Chris Middleton, and Tobias Harris, who sticks out to you with Durant? Hmm. I think... I think Harris is a little redundant there. I think I, I would still want him, but not, not with Durant yeah. because uh, they fill the sort of the exact same void. I, I know... Harris is less perimeter oriented. He likes to come inside the line a little bit more often. He likes the mid range, but um, I, I just don't think that that move, th those two as a, uh, as a pair would be very, very strange. I think that that's the least exciting. And then Middleton, I think he'd be a really good fit, but Middleton's not like a slam dunk. Like he's not what you w were hoping for. You know, I, I'd be like uh, sort of, in that boogie tier of like, well, fuck it, I guess, you know, all right, I guess we had to get someone else with Durant. See, Middleton's the I one feel. that I'm kind of more, I feel a little bit better about. I think that they may have a little bit of overlap, but I he's just, a, he's a tremendous player. And I think because he likes to spot up, he'd be fine. I, I'm not worried about that, but it's just like, when you look at what else you could have had, that that's how it'll be viewed unfortunately for a lot of fans i feel like this summer he's you know? probably but like he is the fallback guy that like i'd prefer him as a fallback rather than jimmy butler do you agree with that i think i would agree and i, I think you have to take age into consideration too i think jimmy's a little bit older like 32 i think 31 32 i know durant's 31 so i mean you sign two of those guys and Maybe they get you one. You know, Durant's obviously got the talent to, to get you there in the East. So maybe they get you one, right? But I just think you want more of a – I think if you give yourself somebody younger who's just as capable of a defender, you know, in Middleton, who's a really good perimeter guy, I think that's that's fine too. I think I'd probably prefer that just for the next couple of years because you don't know how Jimmy's game is going to age, I guess. He's a very uh, physical type of player and he's a lot of mileage in his career. So I, I, I don't know that I'd, I'd really want to be all in on a deal like that. Yeah. Middleton is a uh, 27 Butler will be 30. It will turn 30 right before the season starts. Um, all right. So let's, so let's turn our attention to the, the guards and those talking about, we have D'Angelo Russell of the Brooklyn nets. And then there is uh Middleton's teammate Eric Bledsoe in the mix there. Um, I don't. I'm. I'm curious how you feel. What What is your opinion on Bledsoe right now? He. I feel like his stock was really damaged coming into this season. Just. Just. You know. Everyone had kind of accepted what kind of player he was, and then he's had some performances this season that's really kind of like kicked him back up a notch. Well, he signed the extension, didn't he? Oh, did he sign the extension? Did I miss yeah, that? Yeah. He signed like a three or four year extension. Oh, never mind then. All right, cross him off the list. I, that completely uh, fell off my radar. Yeah, um, but even, but even he's like in that Middleton tier for yeah. me. It's just like, yes, very good player. 
I'd probably get over it, you know, in a month or two and, and be fine with that duo. But it's like, that's that's not what you really want. Well, there. then what about and, Russell? Who, D'Angelo? Yeah. Uh, this is a loaded question because I have that's a lot of bias saying. here. Uh, well, what is your bias? Tell me what your thoughts are on him. I love D'Angelo Russell. It's, I admit it. That's my guy. Uh, oh, boy. Well, I, I, Bledsoe's had some injury problems. He's, he looks really healthy now, so it probably doesn't matter. But he's older. So, I mean, if they were both free agents, I'd probably take D'Angelo. I just believe in his development arc. I think he's, he was a really young kid when he came in the league. And he's got the skills that you need to succeed in the league, which is to be able to take and make threes. Uh, he's a good playmaker. I just... I, I feel like he might, but like I feel like he, along with Durant, now this question, of course, is, is being posed with where the two of them together, and I feel like the D'Angelo Russell Durant pairing could be pretty interesting. I mean, it, it could, it, it and could and the other thing with him too is that he's young. Like, it's going to be hard to commit a lot of money to him. Like, he's young enough to where that seems like I don't know, like. He's at the age, he's 23 now, and that's like right where you need to be to be like, I don't know if you're exactly what you're going to be or if you still have a ton left to show us and you can add more wrinkles to your game. I will say it's very interesting that I feel like he could play well with a veteran like Kevin Durant while also being the same age. Like he's the same age as Alonzo Trier. Like he's he can blend in with the, the Knicks young core really easily, and I feel like that would make for some very easy locker room chemistry. Uh, and I would also love the thought of him coming to the team from Brooklyn. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't. I guess I don't have enough experience watching him play. I don't know enough about him necessarily and how much he's grown since he came to the Nets. Uh, other than you know secondhand accounts at this point to really make a fair assessment here, but I kind of on paper like that pairing a little bit more. I I think he could obviously do better, but I, I would be fine. With that, I, I really I stand by when I say, if we got and this is how starved we are for a good team, you know, if we honest to God lock up Durant for like a four year max, you know, bring in what we got to do to make him happy, you know, with his age in the front office or things like that. If if I knew we had four years of Durant, who's going to go down as like a top ten player when it's all said and done, I'd be perfectly fine. He's still in his prime. You know, he's still going to play really high-level basketball for the duration of that contract. Um, I I just feel like if we got that kind of a player, we can't really just be entitled to, well, then it has to be Kyrie or it has to be Kemba. Like, obviously, yeah, shoot for those. They, that's obviously plan A. But I feel like I'd be so okay with almost anybody that they can get at this point. Uh, and they ultimately probably will get because it just feels like they're going to have to sign a couple of big fish, not just one. So uh, well, aside of like a weird pairing like Tobias, I, I think that I'd, I'd be really fine with almost any situation as long as Durant was here. Well, I just want to look at the other side of that really quickly now. We don't have to go through the whole list again, but, uh, you know, let's say that Durant ends up being the unattainable one. If he does end up going back to the Golden State Warriors, um and let's say that the Knicks end up with Kyrie Irving and, it, and for a minute there, it's just Kyrie Irving. And you look down this list of other players now, who is the main target now? You know, we have guys like Kawhi, if he, if, you know, he'd be willing to take an interview. I haven't heard any noise on that. 
you know, again, we're talking about Jimmy Butler, we're talking about Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton. Uh, you know, uh, you would presume that they wouldn't necessarily want to go with uh, D'Angelo Russell if they got Kyrie there. But, you know, I'm assuming I'm assuming wings or maybe even the centers. I mean, there could be even DeMarcus Cousins or do they just go all the way in on Mitch Robinson at that point? Uh, I would imagine it'd be one of these wing players, right? Yeah, I think they're going to go. They need they're going to go after somebody who can score. It's just what I feel like. So. I honestly wouldn't put it past them if they went after Harris, even though, again, that's what you kind of hope. Harris would Knox. be my number one pick after Durant. Yeah, I mean, I, I know people are going to debate that because that's what you hope Knox turns into, but I, I just care. feel that like... Would be, he's young enough to be, like, really productive in the in the, the now. Like, he could teach Knox whatever he needs to know, but he's going to still be a very productive player for many years to come, and he's from Long Island. Uh, well... Well, you could it, yeah, it. It, bas- it basically guarantees you like something of what you hoped Knox was going to be. And maybe Knox gets better than what Tobias is now. Who knows? But you get that. And then you could, you know, you could always do some weird shit. You could always trade Knox if you wanted to. You know, Bradley Beal is going to be very available soon. And then that would be a fun little trio, too. You know, you could have Harris, Kyrie. That would Beal. be a fun little trio. Like, like and, you know, you'd have to give up more pieces than just Knox, but... It's you. You can do things like that. Is my point. If you could, if you should just sign who the best, most optimal talents are, and then if you gotta trade some pieces to move them around, maybe do what you gotta do. You know, I if, if it's not just Kyrie and Durant, you know, you could always do. They're in a good position to do that. Uh, undeniably, it's a big risk, and hopefully they pull it off. But they have just an impossible amount of wiggle room. So. I'm, it's just very interesting. I think they can go a lot of routes. Time will tell, Kyle. Time will tell. All right. Uh, I think that's about going to do it for us tonight on the TKW podcast. Uh, remember to head to the nextwall.com. Check out our recap from uh, the game against the Magic. Uh, be on the lookout for everything we have to come up until uh, this team gets slaughtered by the Houston Rockets on Friday. Um and yeah follow us on twitter please remember to rate review subscribe do that thing that they tell you to do with the unsubscribe and then the resubscribe thing we really appreciate you for that um yeah and we will talk to you all uh over the weekend until then